0: Welcome to The Art of Charm, I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free eBooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction, such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm AJ, and I'm sitting here with my two bros, Justin and Johnny. Yo. Hey, what's up? And today we got a fun topic called relationships. Is that all that fun? Can be. Yeah, and it can also be pretty toxic, and we're going to cover both. But I think a lot of guys get into this thinking that they just want to meet tons of girls and have a lot of fun. But along the way, you're going to find a girl or two that are worth spending more time with and slowing things down with. And that's what we're going to be covering today, give you guys some interesting stories about our own experiences in relationships and give you guys some strategies to have a healthy and happy relationship, which I think should be the end goal for everybody listening. For
2: a lot of guys, ultimately... In an ideal world, we'd want to have a relationship with one that's qualified, that one we can get along with, that we have good communication and rapport with. But, um, and I guess,
1: you know, like you said, we're going to talk about some of those things and kind of define it and put it into uh, perspective. I mean, a relationship in general is someone you're going to be spending a, a decent amount of time with. So, right off the bat, you want it to be someone that you can spend a lot of time with. And that should be low on the drama, low on the stress, and ultimately someone that you can see yourself growing with. And that's the the biggest thing that happens in relationships is no matter what, you're going to age together and you're going to grow together or apart. So trying to find a good fit of someone that you can see yourself growing with is an important way to screen in the right person.
3: So define a healthy relationship for us, Johnny. Well, I think you hit on a couple of the points right there. It's someone you can grow with, uh, someone that is not... Well, there's going to be give and take on both sides. So is she equally putting into the relationship as much as you're putting in? And is she getting out of it as much as you're getting out of it? We want to make sure that that's all set up and everyone feels good in the relationship. If you're losing hair over the relationship or you're losing sleep over the relationship, well... <laughs> that, you're we're, doing it wrong. We're, you're doing it wrong, and we're going to be talking about that in the toxic relationship. But um, it's everyone's feeling good. Uh, It's beneficial for both and you're both putting into it and you're both getting something from it and you're growing together.
1: And you feel open lines of communication, which is a really big one because a lot of resentment can grow when the other person or yourself don't feel like you are being heard or listened to or can communicate with the other person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's,
2: and we'll talk about this in toxic relationships, but if you don't feel like you can communicate certain issues or conflicts, then you're going to run into situations where you start building resentment and you start building this negativity towards somebody that should or hopefully, ideally, is supposed to be your partner.
1: And some easy ways to f- figure this out early on is whether or not you feel comfortable sharing you know, some of your embarrassments or some of the more shameful things you've done with them. Uh, if you don't feel that you can share those sides of yourself comfortably without judgment or without negativity, then you're probably not going to want to maintain or prolong the relationship. Healthy relationships are people that you can be embarrassed around and maybe be ashamed around from time to time and feel comfortable in that environment. And I think a lot of times guys will settle for looks over communication, not realizing that communication is an even bigger part of the relationship because looks will always fade over time. Uh, communication shouldn't if you're doing it right.
3: Well, I don't really think you can be in a healthy relationship if you're not comfortable with yourself and didn't get into it being an, the authentic person that you are. Because you, on, when you're just dating, you can sort of hide the cracks. As AJ, you had mentioned, embarrassments, or but it's the quirks. It's She's going to see everything if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're spending time together. And trust me, she's going to want a lot of your time uh, for a relationship to build,
1: and that's the other key component is do you have the time for a relationship? Um, because they can become very time consuming. They shouldn't become so time consuming that you lose time for the other interests or passions or friends in your life. And a healthy relationship allows you to have that balance that work, love, uh, you know, passion, hobby balance. So that yes, you're spending time with the people you care about, you're spending time with the one that you're interested in being in a relationship with. But you the other things that are of value to you, whether it's you know, family, whether it's your hobbies, or whether it's even your religion, if you don't feel that you have the space or time to do that with the person that you're currently with, that's gonna lead to a toxic relationship. And let's let's cover toxic relationships and what they look like from the other perspective.
2: Well, you know, you mentioned spending a lot of time together and I think from my own experience When you spend too much time together, you know, too much of a good thing is bad. So that's why it's important to have your passions and hobbies. Like Johnny said, a lot of guys get into relationships based off looks, and that's the wrong reason to get in a relationship. So then they start sacrificing because it doesn't even mean, like, she she might not even be qualified. Let's say she has a completely different lifestyle that, you know, you're not in with. And so then you're sacrificing yourself for sake of this relationship that you got into for the wrong reasons.
1: I know a lot of toxic relationships start with one party or the other trying to change, whether it's for the other person or trying to change the other person for the better. And that leads to a cycle of resentment, um, which can lead to very toxic uh, relationship and ultimately destroy other parts of your life as well. And a lot of times with poor communication, resentment can build to its breaking point and cause an explosion rather than a slow simmer. So it's important that you have open lines of communication at the start of the relationship. If you find that your partner's not listening to you, doesn't hear your side, um, is uninterested in your side or even seeing
3: things from your side, uh, then you're well on your way to a very toxic relationship. Well, you know, and look, it's also 2013, It's not the 1920s, 1910s. You're not meeting somebody as a teenager and expected to spend the rest of your life with them. If we were all supposed to be in relationships now with the first girl we've ever met in school, uh, we'd be doomed. (laughs) It would be really, really bad. So, I mean, listen, you're going to be experiencing different people. You're going to be spending time with different people. Not everyone's going to go to grow together. But as long as you're willing to call it out when that is fragmented or not working anymore, then... Both sides have to be prepared for that and and at the end of the day, look back and feel good about it that that it's best that we do break up. It's when you go beyond the communication or trying to force something that that toxicity happens. Yeah, and change
1: is difficult and hoping that you'll change by being in a relationship or hoping that you can get someone else to change is not a sound strategy. Uh, It's not a way for you guys to grow healthy together. It's definitely going to lead to a lot of heartache and a lot of pressure on the one person to either change or be the force of change in the other person's life. And people are who they are for various reasons. So it's your job as a high value male to find the right fit, not to settle. And I think a lot of toxic relationships end up with guys who settle for the wrong reasons, whether it's sexual chemistry or whether it's uh, the amount of money she makes or the amount of time she has to give you. Uh, The other key component of toxic relationships are uh, not maintaining those boundaries. And we're going to talk about setting up boundaries, what exactly boundaries are. But toxic relationships tend not to have boundaries or boundaries that are not followed. And again, that can lead to a lot of heartbreak and
3: resentment. I think there's a lot of people that end up in relationships that are not ready to be in relationships. We, we all know that most of the girls in our life, uh, upon meeting us, upon hooking up, uh, they're starting to move stuff in. Right, they're they're ready. They're they're going for they it. They want their toothbrush there. They want a towel. And you may not be ready for that. And if if you're new to this and you're just getting out there and you're having some experience and you're not ready for that, don't settle for that. Uh, she's going to do uh, what she needs to do. And and listen, some of you guys out there might have met somebody that you're ready to move into a relationship with, and she might be a party girl or she's just ca- coming out of. Um, of a a relationship and wants to experiment and things like that. So either side should not be forcing the issue. Right. And I,
1: we talk about how to figure out if you're mentally or emotionally ready for a relationship. And I think that the key components to that are when you are together, is there a positive feeling? Is there a warmth? Is there a happiness there? Or do you guys find yourself leading different lives, having different lifestyles? uh, Mentally, Are you guys in the same headspace? Do you share a lot of common feelings and thoughts about things? Um, Again, if if you haven't explored these things on the first few dates to figure out whether or not you want to move things forward, it's important to do so before committing. As Johnny said, uh, a lot of the women in our lives, um, seeing how we live our life and seeing that we're fun and we allow them to have fun and create this amazing space, they're ready to be committed. They're chasing commitment. And they might put that pressure on you. You know, I think that's the one facet of human interaction that women kind of lead the way the most in, uh, especially with their own biological clock. So when they find a catch, when they find someone they're into, they're ready to take that next step. Are you ready? And figuring out if you're ready is figuring out if she's a good fit for who you want to be and who you are. You know, you might not have the lifestyle that you want right now, but if you're working towards a set of goals, that's maybe travel or not working in an office, a nine to five job, and she's someone that has that, or maybe you're really family oriented and you can tell that she's not family oriented. You know, these are red flags in my mind before even moving things forward that need to be resolved because they'll lead to greater and greater conflict, the more committed she is to you. So Don't feel rushed in any way um, just because she is. I mean, that's going to be natural for her. It's important for you to be selective with who you let in your life and who you give your time to.
3: You know, I was just going to say, I mean, a really fun thing uh, for you to do in this moment is take 10, 20 minutes and think about what kind of relationship it is that you are emotionally and mentally ready for and make sure that those points are written down. Uh, how much you would like to be seeing somebody. If you do end up getting in a relationship, how do you want it? uh, Are you going to be able to see other people or is it going to be exclusive and make sure that that's communicated in the courting process?
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I know myself, I've fallen into this pattern uh, numerous occasions where, you know, I'm having a great time with a person. There's definitely sexual chemistry. I'm attracted. And I feel like things are going great, but I haven't really said anything to establish boundaries or even talk about what type of relationship I'm looking for. And, you know, seven or eight days later, I roll over after what I think is just an amazing, uh, sex. She says, Okay, so what are we? a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend now? And nine times out of ten in my past, I've said, Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go back for round two. And, You know, if you're not actually ready, you should not be answering that question with a yes. And you should be having more detailed conversations about what it is that you want and what speed you want to go at. Well,
3: then the the great thing about that, if you are feeling good about that in your frame, well, you're confident in what you want and you're able to communicate that nine times out of 10, she'll go along with it for a while until there needs to be another talk. And so you can't you can have that relationship that you want.
1: Right. I think in my past I was definitely a little insecure about things and I was, of course, ready to um just jump onto the next thing. You know, I, I considered myself a serial monogamist in the past where I would end up hopping from relationship to relationship because that's what was comfortable for me. I became used to having a girlfriend, so naturally, well, we're having fun and sex is great. Yeah, I'm okay with being your boyfriend and not really taking the time to realize like does her lifestyle match mine? Is she emotionally available when I need her? And does she share the same values? And for me personally, my family is really important to me. And I know that I now need to be in a relationship with someone who has that same value. In the past, I've kind of settled in that department and it's led to much bigger issues and larger amounts of resentment, especially with the fact that I'm really close with my younger sister. And because of that, there is if someone is not family oriented, they can see that in a competitive way and it can lead to greater issues that you didn't even see coming. So, speaking from that experience on my end, you know, make a list of what is important to you. What are the top three or four things in your life? You know, if it's work, if it's a hobby, if it's uh, again, as I said, it might even be God. If it's that, if it makes that list, does she have the same or similar list? If those priorities are not even on her top three or four, you're not going to be able to bring her there later. And if you're going out and doing the things that we've talked about in the toolbox, you should be having lots of opportunities to meet many chicks from all different um, shapes, sizes, and (laughs) ethnicities and, and values. And through that, it's your job to filter in the right ones. And I know Johnny gets a kick out of that because even now, I've had to have the conversation that he mentioned earlier, you know, because my values right now are obviously on the company, focused on that, focused on family and and focused on myself having fun and not rushing into anything. And um, in the past, I hadn't really put any thought to that. and, And my answer to that question was always, yeah, that sounds cool. I know Justin's had some experiences uh, of the same ilk, so what what tips do you have for guys based on rushing into relationships? Well, I mean, you guys basically covered it all.
2: um I think the biggest takeaway point from my own experience is that I too was a serial monogamous and not in 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 my past didn't come from a place of abundance so, for example, when I broke up with my girlfriend of four years who was a very toxic relationship, um I immediately uh, met a really good-looking girl, thought she was the one, and we hit things off at a hundred miles an hour. And so there was, but there was no point for that. We could have slowed down. We could have taken our time. And and more for me, I just came out of a really serious relationship. So I came from a point where I didn't have the abundance mentality, and I wasn't willing to spend the time on myself and develop myself. And instead, just jumped into another relationship, which can also lead to another toxic relationship.
3: Justin, I'm going to allow you to start this one off. But I thought it would be fun for some of the guys who may be going out there and getting some experience and hanging out with a few people. And maybe for the guys who are looking to get into that, some things that they should watch out for when they know they're, she's dragging them, kicking and screaming <laughs> towards a relationship. So yeah. <laughs> what, what are the first signs that you see? First signs I
2: see is she'll want more exclusive time with you. She'll want to do more exclusive dates. She'll want to spend more time with you as opposed to group settings where
1: you're with your friends or outside of the bedroom.
2: Or outside of the bedroom, yeah. She'll want she'll want to take it. <laughs> she'll want to take it to a more relationship based outside of as AJ said the bedroom.
1: The uh, other big one is being introduced to her friends and family. Huge one. That's a huge um, one. I remember. Uh, way back in the day I had met this girl and, and again, at me being immature and not knowing what I want, uh, within a couple weeks I agreed to go to a friend's wedding with her. And I realized very quickly that that was kind of a bad idea and that I was over committing myself in a way that, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't interested in maintaining and I had to have my friends talk me into backing out of that, which obviously caused her a lot of, uh, heartache and pain. But that's the thing, you know, she's going to be hitting the gas in that direction and it's very easy to to get on the yes ladder so to speak and oh, agree yeah, to things absolutely. so that you can continue to get the amazing sex that you're hopefully having and you know that in and of itself with the oxytocin that's released I know in previous episodes we've covered that uh, when those brain chemicals are firing when you start to mix in the sexual feelings it it does become difficult to say no to some things and you're going to bend some of your boundaries but it's a trap know, <laughs> Sorry. I exactly. I had to throw that in. Uh the other big one that I see is um constant texting. You know, when yes. even when I've set boundaries at the start and said, "Hey, I'm I'm not exclusive. I'm seeing other people. I'm having fun right now being single." Having those types of talks, even when we've met or hung out a few times, I still see the pattern of them pushing for more and more of my time, and that doesn't even mean in person. You know, that could be Facebook chat, that could be liking all of your statuses, that could be texting you constantly. The big one that I've encountered has been the good morning and good night texts. Um, that's when she's getting to the point where obviously she's thinking about you when she wakes up and she's thinking about you when she goes to sleep. And the only reason she's doing that is because she wants to be your girlfriend.
2: Absolutely. I The one that does strikes me most is um, the ones during the day where it's just like, Hey, how's your day going? What, like, are, you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those on
1: top of the morning and good night is a really big sign that she's trying to push more for a relationship. And we're laughing because uh, the three of us at the table right now are not really looking for a relationship, uh, at least nothing exclusive. But for the guys that are looking for exclusive, that's a very good sign. That Absolutely. means she's thinking about you, so you can move the, the relationship forward and become exclusive. I know we have questions from the guys of like, how do I take this to that exclusive level? She's pushing the gas. There's agreement there, you know, hitting her up. Good morning, hitting her up. Good night. Um, check-ins during the day are great ways to gauge whether or not, you know, she's going to become as committed.
3: It's funny that those, you know, the Facebook and attacks, the these are all new recent developments in the last uh, few years, 10 years. Um, we also have the, the old standards of leaving tons of stuff at your place or yeah. taking and borrowing tons of your stuff. Um, and next thing you know, uh, that's more and more reasons for pop-ins, for hangouts, to see what you're up to. You're out of t-shirts. You're out of sweatshirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, I had a recent incident where I, I wasn't even paying attention. And nope. uh, she kind of had a freak out seeing me with a different girl, even though we had had the non-exclusive talk. And next thing you know, she's handing my buddy a bag full of my clothes that I didn't even realize were missing. So sneaking out with your stuff or sneaking her stuff there? I mean, sometimes we've lucked out and got like a bottle of rum or a bottle of alcohol out of it, but most of the time it's bobby pins, underwear, belts, hair ties.
3: I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to do more. I, I swear every time I've asked this question, girls say, they all say no, I never do that. That's immature, but they all do it. They all leave stuff. In my younger days when I was a little bit more... Have, uh, being a bit more silly with it, I used to have this, what I call it, a lost and found box. And I would leave it uh, by the door. And I would just put whatever girl's stuff was left at my house, it would go in the box. And I thought it was quite funny until somebody I got in a relationship with got really mad at me for keeping this box around. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you learn these things as you go. But uh, I thought it was quite funny. And, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I guess someone shouldn't see that. But at the same time, I guess they were trophies maybe. I don't know. But they all do it. They all leave stuff from bobby pins, as you mentioned, to panties, the bras. It's- or toothbrush. Or a toothbrush. They once,
1: they, once they start sleeping over quite a bit, they're going to start leaving more and more of their stuff.
2: And listen, I mean, these are all good signs. So if you're looking for a relationship, these are obviously good signs. The, I think the problem is for a lot of guys is she's pushing the gas and you want to go with it right? Because you're really excited. You just met her. You're really into her. And now it's when you got two people pushing the gas, now you're launching at hundred miles an hour and you're talking about babies. So it's okay as a man to control that, to, to actually put on the brakes a well, little bit and respect your own time in life.
1: And the three of us here have all been in relationships where we've been going hundred, 150 miles an hour and they usually end up in a crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah! And it's it's fiery, burning. Yeah, airbags are deployed. <laughs> You're uh, the jaws of life. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And I don't mean to uh, make light of that, but it it does lead to lots of heartbreak, lots of drama, lots of yelling. So the important thing, again, that I, yeah. I continue to harp on is the communication and the honesty and being honest in what you want. Uh, I know a lot of guys hide their intentions with. Gaining agreement simply so that they can continue to bet her and that's not a winning hand It's, uh, it's okay to say you know what maybe we shouldn't be hooking up then because I'm not looking for something exclusive
3: Well speaking of that. I mean, I think this is a perfect opportunity to roll in boundaries and not being able uh, Or not being afraid to say no, which is in a relationship or dealing and this is just not with women This is dealing with everybody having boundaries what you're willing to give, what you're not willing to give, and what is important to you, and being able to say no. And the greatest thing about this, before we get into it in detail, is my favorite, the more you're able to say no, the more attractive you become. And that's not just towards women, it's towards uh, the respect of other guys, it's a very powerful thing. Even in business. Uh, One of the things that
1: we talked about with Tim Ferriss was having the confidence to walk away from the deal. Oh, yeah. Very few people can actually say no with conviction and confidence, uh, especially when there's the sex tied to it. There's the pressure of the business deal. There's the pressure of the friendship. But if you're a squishy guy who doesn't set boundaries, you're going to get rolled. By everybody. everybody. Everyone's going to walk on you. And if you're the guy who puts up clear boundaries, you're going to get not only what you want out of life, but you're going to get quality people into your life. Because those things, when respected, bring in the right people. Um, non-quality people won't follow your boundaries or will try to walk over them. So, again, we're talking about filtering in the right people.
4: that's k a j a b i dot com slash charm
3: go to kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over seven billion dollars
0: all right let's get back to the show now what are some
1: boundaries that we've set Johnny
3: well you know I, one that you we've been talking about we brought up and let's just talk about it let's get it out of the way and we'll talk about those smaller ones <laughs> sex first and foremost if If she's coming to your house every evening to spend it with you and you're missing out now on guy nights, hanging out with the boys, you're missing out on doing hobbies, family, family, all your other obligation. You're sleeping in for work, any of this other stuff, right? Uh, You need to have boundaries on that because you are slowly losing control of your life and you're slowly losing uh, your power now. And if that's not what you wanted, And you need to be able to say no. So listen, it's not a mean or terrible thing if you say you can only spend it on these certain days or I want to have a three or four night or two night or whatever night uh, limit on it and then feel good about sticking to that. She has to respect that you have because listen, in the next episode, we talk about uh, dating after relationships. There's going to be pieces that you're going to need to look at to see what failed and how can I be better at it moving in the future. Part of
2: setting boundaries too is is that if you're not the one saying no, then you're literally giving them permission to to run run over those boundaries. And so it's really important, like you said, uh, Johnny, is that set these boundaries. You know, whatever they are, whatever your boundaries are, and that's acceptable for you.
1: The boundaries that I've encountered, in, and Johnny sort of hinted at the big one, which is time, okay? And not decommitting to certain obligations that you have and giving up all of your time to her. And I know it's easier said from our angle because maybe we have a couple girls in our life and it's, we're having a lot of fun and it, we have options. But first and foremost, you should not be getting into a relationship unless you've at least experienced some options, So if you follow the toolbox, you should have a few women in your life to sift through and figure out and filter through before you just run and jump into a relationship. So if you're not there yet, please date more women than one. Please set up an online dating profile, go out a few nights with some buddies and get multiple options because it's going to be a lot easier for you to make these clear boundaries when you have those options. The other one other than time is friendships. When she starts telling you that this person you shouldn't be hanging out with or trying to dictate what you should be doing, uh, if you don't stand up for yourself in that moment and and in those situations, she's going to feel that she can dictate a lot of things later on in the relationship. And we need, as ourselves, to be strong men. And she's not ultimately going to want to be with the guy who gives up everything and who says yes to everything and and goes after her every whim she may seem like it in the very beginning but trust me i've been on the other side of that when the relationship is dwindling and you're the yes guy and it's it's not fun and it's not pretty and you could very easily be taken advantage of so that's why we're so big on setting these boundaries early and making them very clear and sticking to them you know one of the other problems that uh me and one of my other buddies here have is we we love setting the boundaries. It's hard to stick to the boundaries. (laughs) We talk about these moments of weakness and all women know about them.
3: Uh, Oh, sure. You're out. You have a few drinks and you're like, oh, I might break my my three night a week rule. You have to understand that you're putting you're saying something else to her that you've been saying when you're sober. She's getting conflicted. Uh, communication. And, she's, and she's going to take the one that suits her best. Most favorable, exactly. Johnny <laughs> took the words yeah, out of my mouth. Absolutely. In fact, he smacked the words out of my mouth a few
1: times. And living with Johnny, <laughs> he can definitely see the slow motion car wreck before I realize I'm in one. Only
3: because I'm older. <laughs> and, yeah, and
1: we've had quite a few laughs over our morning coffee uh, about some of the dumber decisions I've made in those moments of weakness. But oh, these, we all these women are looking for that, okay? When you're at the point you've set the boundaries of time and now it's 2 a.m. and maybe you struck out because you were trying the non-exclusive thing. Now you're home and you're like, well, you know, it was really good and it's really easy. It's just a couple texts away, you know, well, what's one boundary? What's one night? Well, guess what? You're setting up a level of communication, as Johnny said, that's not the same communication you had when sober. The other thing is, how are you touching her? How are you communicating with your body? You know, this is not one that was clued in to me recently um, in another car wreck, where basically I was saying one thing and sticking to it, but when I was out with her, being out of a previous relationship that was rather long term, uh, I was touching her in a in a boyfriend way. She said, which I didn't. Fully realized at the time, but I was doing things that were, you know, more of the romantic angle when I was trying to keep things less exclusive. So I was leading her with my body language, and she was obviously setting my words aside because body language was communicating a lot clearer. So are you the kind of guy who's just over-the-top touchy, who's very romantic? If you're doing that around a girl that you're not sharing those feelings for, but that's natural to you, you can be setting yourself up um, in the wrong way and not setting that clear boundary or sticking to that boundary.
3: Well, you know, uh, for me at this point in my life, you know, a balanced life is a happy life. And, uh, yeah. you know, when you bring different people in your life and they're expecting different things, and, of course, if she wants a relationship, if if she's a very needy or uh, approval-seeking person, she's going to be asking you to give up a lot of the things that allow you to be happy. And, And so that's why it's very important to make sure these boundaries are there and don't be afraid to say no. The other big
1: boundary for me is I do not like to be around women that can't handle themselves while out, whether it comes to drinking or whether it comes to partying. Uh, I want to be around people who are responsible. I try my best to be responsible. It may not always happen, but uh, it's very unattractive to me to be around women that consistently put themselves in awkward situations or difficult situations because they can't handle themselves, uh, especially when it comes to alcohol. And that's a very clear boundary. You know, I am not the, the person who's going to be there every time you fall and babysit you, especially early on in the in the relationship. So, if I tell them that ahead of time, that listen, you know, I'm not going to be the guy you call at 3 a.m. because you're too drunk to drive home, and I'm not going to be the guy who's going to open the door when you randomly pop over, that's unacceptable to me. And if you set that clear at the beginning, you're not going to have to do that constantly. Um, But there are those women, you know, I, I tend to run into it more here in Hollywood, but there are those women that, you know, don't know how to handle themselves go out
3: consistently put themselves in bad situations and need you to be their prince and uh, shining armor you know another one that i think a lot of people don't think about is making sure that your new girlfriend is included in all the things that you do so now she's coming to your hobbies now she's coming on guys night and when they, this is all over you're going to realize that she swooped all your friends and now she's a part of their girlfriends and their lives. And you're going to find yourself sitting on, on the outside. So it's another thing is to to keep, uh, you know, of, of course, you want your friends and, and the other girls, that you know, and hey, I'm dating this woman. And that's all great and fine. But make sure that there's boundaries set where she isn't going out with you and the guys every night. Well, she isn't going with you guys into, to the sports games uh, every weekend. You've got to have your time, and she's got to know that there's a separation there. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's one of my boundaries is time. You know, Of course I want her to meet my friends. Of course I want to take her to some events where my friends are. But, you know, if she's hanging out with all your buddies and you want to go have some buddy time and she's always there, again, too much of a good
1: thing is bad, and you don't get the space. And I think space and relationships is a really good boundary to have. One of my red flags in a recent car wreck involved uh, the girl that I was seeing Facebook friending all of my friends. Who oh. She had Run into <laughs> one. You know, we I got one of those. We tend to go to the same bars and same clubs, so she kind of knew where I'd be hanging out, and that's where actually one of those bars is where I'd met her. So she happened to be there. I don't necessarily think she was like following or stalking, but so she ran to my friends, and next thing I know, they're all Facebook friends. She's got everybody's number, and she's hitting them up. But why is she hitting him up? Because she knows that I'm most likely hanging out with them, So she's trying to find the back door in
3: well, yeah, when and it's I like, put up a boundary. Well, yeah. Uh, you, we have three days a week, so I'm, not, I'm hanging out with your buddy. It's just weird that we ran into each other. No, that's sneaky. Yeah. And why, <laughs> why are you going to yoga class with my buddy? I'm a bit confused.
1: So it's important that well, your buddies are clued into those boundaries. Absolutely. Um, and – they're your buddies because they'll follow the boundaries. <laughs> if they won't follow the boundaries, then they probably shouldn't be your buddy.
3: Well, it, just for example, uh, I had got the friend request from someone that AJ was seeing. And I'm like, and I, you know, and it was like, hey man, do you know that so and so friended me? I uh, wanted to give. I don't know where you guys' relationship is, but before I did anything, I wanted to get uh, your take on this. And it. And and of course, it was, no one I'm seeing serious. And I was like, well, no reason for me now to be friends with this person. I've only met her for. 10 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. And, and being clear with your friends
1: about why she's doing it, you know, maybe your friends may not recognize it, but it became pretty clear to me pretty quickly that I went from having one mutual friend to 10 mutual friends on Facebook, that things were going awry.
3: Well, and, and you understood the time that was put in with everybody. If, if this was a, uh, a weekly thing, everyone's hanging out and it's, it's, you know, you have to think what's right for you. Everybody's different, but the, this, this, can lead to a problem. And what we want to make sure is that this is brought up for you guys to think about.
1: Now, the one thing that we have hit on a lot and we talked about in a healthy and toxic relationship is communication. And we talked about this in previous episodes, especially rapport. Uh, Do you feel comfortable communicating with her? And does she accept, acknowledge and appreciate what you're saying? If she's not acknowledging, accepting and appreciating you, then it's probably not going to be something that you want to maintain. And that that could be everything, you know, the good and the bad. I've been in relationships where a lot of negativity was coming from her direction. And I was just taking it when I really didn't need to be taking it. And I fell into a negative state myself. And it took my buddies kind of pointing it out, being like, hey, you know, I remember before you were hanging out with her, we had a lot of fun. You were always happy. And now – you, you tend to be like talking shit about people and involved in drama and you know, it's just not the normal you. And that's why it's important to have a good group of buddies who can point that out to you. But if communication tends to be either one sided or one emotion and not others, uh, you're on your way to an unhealthy relationship. Healthy relationships allow you to express a range of emotions comfortably and allow her, the other person to uh, express a range of emotions comfortably. But If you're finding yourself only in fights or only in um, situations where it's negative, then it's probably not someone you're going to agree to see exclusive or move things forward with.
2: doesn't matter if if she's hot, has a high-paying job,
1: is a supermodel. It's not something you should be putting up with at, at any point in time. The other thing is the amount of communication, right? I know by nature women talk on the phone and text more than men, but- is it a good fit? Um, I know myself, I'm not a phone guy. I just don't like talking on the phone. In fact, we've made a couple funny memes uh, expressing to our friends exactly that. Yo, text me, bro. Um, Basically, I don't really pick up the phone and I barely listen to voicemails. I'll probably just text you back. So uh, a woman that's going to come into my life and is going to be dateable is not someone who relies primarily on phone communication or daily communication, for that matter. You know, I'm busy. I'm trying to run a company. We're running programs here. We're also having fun with our friends, but I'm not always going to be reachable, especially at the beginning stages of the relationship. So if she's expecting constant communication from me uh, 24-7 and constant check-ins, it's not going to be comfortable.
3: And I wanted to say here, I think a lot of guys have it where they feel that women will test all the boundaries that you put up as some sort of gauge on what they can get away with. I'm here to tell you, everyone's going to test you. And even if, if you're a a very confident, cool dude, um, you're going to, if you find yourself in a bind, you might test one of your buddies out of a necessity or or any kind of thing like this. So it's important to have them. And, and, and I wouldn't get mad at somebody unless they continue to test it. If you tell them though, no, There's the line. You now understand it. If you can't respect that, now there's a problem.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I know that a lot of this is harping on women, but we all do a lot of these things. I know just as many guys who are needy and and have to communicate every day and just as many guys who need the GPS locator on where their uh, significant other is. I'm not one of those people, and I don't want to be with someone who expects that of me or feels that that's uh, okay for them to do. So along with boundaries, it's, it's finding the right match for you and your personality type. And a lot of that needs to come through on those first few dates before you rush into things. Um, I know a lot of guys, uh, you know, expect to just be hooking up, hooking up and you never really experience the other side of things outside of the bedroom. And then when you agree to it and you're like, yeah, okay, this seems like fun. We have that sexual chemistry. You find yourself in a situation where you aren't a good personality match. And you know, much further in the relationship, there may be moving in together, uh, there may be sharing even more stuff together, but these are all signs that you want to catch early on uh, because you don't want to lose time. Uh, it's the one thing we can't get back. And being in a dead-end relationship is the surest way to lose time. Right. So we've talked a lot about like low-value behaviors.
2: Uh, high-value women will respect your time, they'll respect your space, and they'll respect the boundary when you say no. And just like your friends, high-value people do that. When you set a line
1: and draw it, it's – And it, she will be giving you boundaries. Right. Right? Yeah. It, it's a huge red flag if you meet a girl and she just
3: has no boundaries. She's right. just like, do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Everything's cool with me. You know what? There's some guy in the audience. Well, there's many guys who are listening Is going, well, that sounds good to me. Oh, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Clean up on aisle three. <laughs> oh, my god. And it's, it's, bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's bad.
1: It's real bad. So when we're filtering in the right person, just like we as high value men should have boundaries, she should have boundaries and and she should be willing to share those with you. And we're not just talking sexual boundaries. We're talking lifestyle boundaries, the way she carries herself, where she goes. Um, You know, If you are the jealous type of person, then a good fit for you is not going to be the flirty, overt sexual girl because you're going to end up terrified every time she goes out trying to figure out, well, is she doing the same thing to me with some other guy? So, you know, those are things to look for Uh, and coming from experience on our end, I know a lot of our listeners here are college guys, recent high school guys, you know, maybe you've only been in a few relationships, but we've had a, a wealth of long and short relationships. And we can tell you that if you're seeing someone right now that doesn't also have those boundaries that isn't willing to tell, you no, then you're leading to a path of neediness and heartbreak. Uh,
3: and, uh, you know, as I, I was saying earlier when we kicked this off, when you were able to say no or set boundaries, how much more attractive you become. Uh, when you're in a relationship and your girl tells you how it is. Oh man. There, that is, there's nothing more sexier than that. Yeah. But that's she's a big like, hey, here's the new rule, dude. And you're like, where did that come from? And why am I so turned on? <laughs> it's <laughs> rad. I know I've, I've had uh, a few th- Uh, thrown at me lately and I'm really stoked about it it's really fun the the one I like my most
2: favorite one is seeing this girl well we were just in the beginning of dating right and we're kissing making out I kept pushing for it I kept pushing for it she said I'm not sleeping with you until the third date and I for whatever reasons was just instantly turned on I was like oh my god she has a boundary Unlike all the other girls who we were just like they were totally down. But I, this one, a, I bet you gave that boundary
3: a push one time, too. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course <laughs> you did. I pushed that <laughs> even more. And she was firmly held it, but it was really attractive. I, it's great. Yeah, you know? And that's, that's what high-value people
1: do. They know what they want out of life, and they're not afraid to tell you what they want out of life or what they don't want out of life.
0: All right, let's get back to the good stuff.
1: That kind of leads to the next thing that we've kind of hinted at, but really... Guys out there, high value, you should have hobbies, passions, things outside of your relationships and your work that you enjoy doing and enjoy participating in. Whether that's you're a huge sports fan or whether you're a rock and roll dude like Johnny and you love going to shows, whatever that passion is, you do not want to dim that whatsoever to be in a relationship. In fact, the right person for you should cherish the fact that you're so passionate about something and give you the space, even if they don't share that passion, to fully enjoy it. Because they realize that a well-rounded person has those passions and is able to pursue them as they please. Now, obviously, if you're into magic trading cards and you're doing it seven days a week, that's a little bit excessive. But you should have time carved out in any relationship to enjoy the things you enjoy. And it doesn't even have to be the cool stuff. You know, I know guys, plenty of guys who have girlfriends that allow them to play Call of Duty a couple days a week. And that's a very uh, happy lifestyle for them. And the girls know that that makes their man happier. It's a way to decompress. I kind of have a FIFA video game obsession. And in my previous relationships, I've needed that ability to unplug and just put on a headset and play online. So if you're not getting that or you're sacrificing that, again, you're not on your way to a healthy relationship. There's a balance that needs to happen. And she also needs to have those passions. Um, One of the things I encountered again in a previous relationship was Uh, I had my passions. She was comfortable with that set my boundaries. She was comfortable with that. She had a few boundaries, but, um, she really wasn't passionate about anything. You know, she didn't have many friends and she didn't have many pursuits. And because of that over time, resentment built because when I was coming home from my passions or I was unplugging the Xbox, uh, and climbing into bed and she was just not as enthused, not as energized as I was and not feeling, uh, you know, as excited about life as I was, it ended up to a point where, you know, she started to really dislike the fact that I had those things. So it's important to find someone who, even if they're not passionate about what you are, you know, I'm not necessarily saying you have to both play call of duty together, but, you know, having someone who's like, you know, this is what I do. I do dance classes or I take cooking classes and that's what I'm going to continue doing. And you're not going to encroach on that. And I'm not going to encroach on you. That's a rewarding, valuable relationship. That's a keeper. And that's so
2: attractive when they have their own passions. I was dating this girl who would go to hot yoga five days a week at five in the morning. You are not going to see me at five in the morning awake. And this was like her thing. She loved her morning. She had this routine. It was so attractive. It was like her time
3: and her space, and it was totally cool. Well, um, you know, Dr. Brene Brown has done a lot of research on you know, what makes people happy and successful and, and all these things. She's a, uh, she's a great vulnerability researcher. But through her studies, she had found out that the most happiest, wholehearted, well-being people have spent lots amount of time in play. And that research had defined play as mindless activity that's only reward is, ends up with you smiling. That's it. Dancing, crochet, yoga, music. It doesn't matter. And there's no, you're doing it for some reason other than pure enjoyment. Your passion should
2: give you a cause to smile. And and if you don't have your passions, you know, I, I highly recommend you, you know, take some time and, and really figure out what gets you excited.
1: Explore. Explore, become a social scientist, right? Whether it's going to meetups and we, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I know there are some listeners that are like, hey, AJ, I don't have passions right now. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and uh, video games don't turn me on. I I don't collect trading cards. Uh, Sports isn't my thing. Well, maybe it's extreme things. Maybe it's hiking. You know, maybe it's something like mountain climbing. I have a buddy who he goes mountain climbing every other weekend. He tries to find a mountain nearby that he can drive to, and he's in a relationship, and his girlfriend doesn't mountain climb, but she lets him have that time to, you know, get to the peak –
3: put a smile on his face, decompress, and then get back to it. If you have a remote interest, explore it and then find out if it's for you or not. And perhaps your passion is checking out different stuff. That actually, <laughs> you know, I, I joke
1: that I'm an urban explorer, but that is one of my passions is adventure, trying new things. And whether it's new restaurants or bars or clubs or fun events... Just exploring everything that L.A. has to offer is something that I am passionate about. And I rely on uh, our buddy's company, Thrillist, to supply a lot of those pursuits. But, you know, that's a great way for you to, as Johnny said, put that smile on your face that when you come home and see your partner, see the person in your relationship in, you're recharged, you're you're full of you. And if you don't have that time or opportunity, it's going to lead to a, a large amount of resentment that will kill any healthy relationship. On the flip side, uh, we talked a lot about friends and having, you know, a solid support group of buddies and not sacrificing that time. Uh, and I'm not to say I'm perfect in this. I know, especially moving cross country twice, uh, I have some friends back home in Michigan that I've neglected. And especially when I was in a relationship, uh, I really neglected them. And it did hurt uh, and definitely hurt hearing after the breakup that, you know, hey, man, we kind of felt like we lost you there for a bit. and. Uh, We didn't really know what to say because we knew that you were you know, from our angle in a really happy relationship and we didn't want to take that away from you, but it's good to have you back. It's good to have uh, the old AJ back, so to speak. So don't sacrifice your friends because quite honestly, and I know I've said this on previous episodes, it's a million times harder to find cool bros than it is to find amazing women. Um, Because of the way the world is set up and the way that men tend to be competitive, uh it's hard and we've heard time and time again it's hard to make friends it's hard to meet guys that'll have your back that aren't trying to you know one up you or jump over you. Uh women will come and go and relationships may last a lifetime or they may last, you know, a blink of an eye. But don't sacrifice the people that you really care about family and friends uh for some new love interest because you're going to hurt them and you're going to end up hurting yourself when the relationship ends and you're kind of looking around saying, wow, I, I probably shouldn't let those people go.
2: Yeah, I mean, how tough is it to get back those friends too? Sure, like in my experience, yeah, they, they're like, hey, it's cool, nice to have you back. But then it's it's you're not at that same level you were before the relationship. And and I, I've seen this within myself and I've seen guys go through this too. They, they go off on 100 miles an hour with this one girl, they go on this wild ride, it crashes and burns, and then they come back being like, hey, guys, and you're
1: like, what the hell? They yeah. want to
3: pick up where they left yeah, off. Yeah, they want to pick up
1: where left Anybody off? know how to install a new airbag? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have some problems over here.
3: Yeah. So then it's not only do they want to pick up where they left off, but while you were happy, you ditched them. And now they want to complain and whine and discuss the relationship with you over and over, which is another big thing, you know, and yeah. which is reason of have boundaries. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Have time with your friends. I mean, the easiest way to not lose your friends is to make time for them. Where it's just you and your friends, even if you're in a relationship, it's okay to do
1: that.
3: Uh, I wanted to. uh,
1: I just. I wonder how many guys are in a relationship right now listening to this, going like, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, Crickets. I might be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if this does sound like you Well
3: don't worry, because the next episode is gonna get you out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But hang out with your friends if you're not currently doing that.
3: You'd, Highly recommend it. Exactly. Start shooting them up. Grab the steering text. wheel, hang a left, <laughs> yeah. back
1: to your friend's place, and make sure that you don't lose them uh, through the course of whatever wild ride
3: you're on. Now this uh, this next piece I have I have I wanted to talk about sex really quickly because of course for any guy who's not in a relationship they're thinking if I'm in a relationship I might get all the sex I want and yes sure if that's communicated and everyone's happy and all that but while during the relationship i want you to understand how important sex is for her uh, and and what it what it's saying to her now i've been and aj you've been in relationships for a long time i know i've been in relationships for a long we all have had some long ones and sometimes you get bored and you're not. You you're,
1: mean all the time?
3: Exactly. Right. So that you're thinking, oh well, tonight we'll not have sex, and then it goes another day, and and maybe we went out, and then it was another day, and now she's thinking oh, we haven't had sex in three days, and for her, she's thinking emergency, right? So this needs to be communicated, and why that you're not maybe some uh, an apology about this, but also understand uh, how important it is for her, and whether or not. You and I might not be up for it. You might have to just take one for the team or, or fucking deal it out because of what the the message might not be clear and what's going on. Yeah, You don't want her mis- misinterpreting. It's, it's better to skip the porn hub and hook
1: up <laughs> with her than it is to continue to bury your head in the sand and not give her any reasons why you're not doing it. And I know from experience that... A lot of negativity and a lot of anxiety will creep in your significant other's mind if the sex that she was getting in the beginning is not what's happening now, especially without any sort of reason for it. Uh, it's very important that she sees that you're satisfied and feels that you're satisfied because a large amount of her uh, her self-esteem is coming from that side of the relationship. It's just it's nature. It's the way the chemicals work. And if you deprive someone of those chemicals, their body is going to start to act out a little bit and be like, well, wait a second. And the last thing you want to do is leave her blanks to fill in. That's what we talk about with communication, right? Absolutely. Communication Absolutely. is is open, is clear, is understanding. You should have communication enough where you can tell her, hey, baby, I, I worked all night. I was out till three with the guys, and I just don't have it in me. It doesn't mean that I'm not at all attracted to you. You know, Maybe I'll just go down and, and try to keep you pleased, but I don't have it in me. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's definitely something wrong if you're just like, no, roll over. Um, That I know for a fact, as I've experienced it myself, can lead to large amounts of resentment. And there's nothing worse than hearing it in the midst of a breakup uh, and not realizing it, that all you had to do was deal it out a little bit more and explain to her a little bit why that was happening in the first place. Yeah, I mean,
2: when we talk about filling in the blanks, it's very natural for all people to just make up their own scenarios. So, you definitely don't want that to happen. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I get into a new relationship, it's, and I'm committed to it, it's on. Like, we're having sex a lot. And you don't want, just like a relationship to crash and burn, you don't want your sex life to crash and burn with that either, you know? So, I don't know about what for you guys, but I don't set an agenda or a calendar, but that's part of where having your own space comes in so that when you do see her and then you are hanging out with her, that you're not uh, having too much of a good thing and that it can still keep fresh and fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why the hundred miles an hour scenario is so detrimental because you can blow through all of that sexual chemistry very fast with the light of a match. But if you're not building real intimacy and you're not building clear communication in the process, the wheels will come off and She needs that intimacy. She needs those moments. We all need them. I I don't even want to say she. Yeah, we all need Uh, them. We all need a good snuggle. We all need a good cuddle. We we really thrive on touching. And if you take that away from someone for whatever reason you may have without explanation, it can lead to heartbreak.
3: You hear stories, especially in marriage and uh, married couples, where they sometimes will use sex as a weapon. You certainly don't want to be playing games with sex uh, in a... Uh, a negative way in a relationship. That's, that's a surefire way to drop that
1: one. Yeah, and if you are in a situation where you feel she's got the upper hand and you're withholding to try to regain the upper hand, that's a clear example of using sex as a weapon. I know for the younger guys, you may not be clear on what that means, but basically whether it's withholding or giving in order to get to some means other than orgasm and pleasure. And I think that it's natural at times to do that but that's a sign that some resentment is built. Some miscommunication has occurred and you're much better off solving it through talking than you are through fucking. So we're in a relationship. We want to maintain that relationship. What types of communication need to occur to maintain that healthy relationship?
3: You know, I think it's, she's going to let you know. I and mean, then I, for me, it's always roll with her. Uh, she's going to let me know. She's going to ask, we're going to talk and, and all these types of things, but it's, she. Everyone, both sides need constant check-ins every every, uh, every so often of just where we're, we're at. Has the definition of this relationship changed? Uh, is it going to be changing? And are we working towards something? And what is that? Um, and I know uh, for myself, uh, at this point, it's like, and I even said, it, I like the way things are hitting right now. Uh, I'm not working to push anything into the future. Uh, and as long as it maintains in the, in the way it is right now, I'm happy. So whether or not you are, that's we need to discuss that side. And once again, here is setting boundaries, right? If I don't want it to change, I need to express that. If I want it to change, I need to express that. She needs to be able to feel comfortable so she can express it. And we can be on the same page, move happily forward or happily end it. Yeah,
1: I think the other big thing in my mind is that there are those moments where communication will fall off for whatever reason. Could be travel, could be just busy schedules. But it's important to realize that going days without talking or using communication again as a weapon is a sign of a toxic relationship. And I know that uh, the way I was raised, silent treatment was one of the you know most used punishments. And I found that in in my relationships, I kind of fall into that same pattern. And it's a pattern that I've been trying to break because it's not healthy. You know, using communication, sex, whatever it may be, as a way to hurt the other person is not an effective strategy. And it certainly doesn't allow either of you to feel comfortable. It actually tortures you just as much as it tortures them. So communication, uh, it happens on many levels. It happens obviously through touch and it also happens you know, in a logical way, a fact-based way, but in an emotional way. Are you emotionally communicating with her? When you're happy, are you letting her know? Are you letting her share in that happiness? And when you're sad, are you allowing her to share in that a little bit but moving away from that? You know, One of the things that I've read about healthy, happy couples is that they have the ability to share the highs and the lows, but they don't allow either party to stay in the low for too long. Uh, you know, when you're with someone who's a good match, they're going to be able to pick you up when you fall down, but you're going to need to be able to do the same for them. And do you feel comfortable in that situation? So we've now come to the part of the show where we may have realized after listening to the three of us (laughs) pontificate for almost an hour that, uh, we're in a relationship that is uh, on its way to a car wreck or, you know, is something that is not getting everything we want out of life. Um, How do we know when we should end it and how do we end it, I think, are the next key topics?
2: Well, I think that before you call it quits, you should try and work it out. But I'm going to assume that you've already tried to do that. Things are um, still heading south. Nothing has really changed. And so when do you really know when to quit? I think a lot of guys tend to drag things out, hoping that things will change.
1: And that's simply not the case. People don't change unless they want to. Well, by nature you know, and especially the longer you've been in a relationship, the harder it is to to break up. You know, the more either party is committed to this, the the more untangling there is. And I know in my most recent breakup, there was work, there was living situation, there was um, a lot of shared possessions. And, you know, that led both of us to try and try and try to work it out. But there was a clear part in the relationship where we both enjoyed spending time away from each other more than we spent time more than we enjoyed spending time together and if i could pinpoint exactly in the relationship where things went south it's that moment where you've talked you've communicated and you're at the point now where instead of wanting to be home with your significant other you'd rather be out with your friends instead of w- rushing to get home from work you're taking your time you're making excuses to not see the other person there's an avoidance going on um, there's a lack of intimacy, and those are the clearest signs. You know, I I've been in a relationship where we've breezed past those signs, and it's only led to further heartbreak and resentment, and even the loss of you know friendship. And I've been in relationships where those signs happen, and we we broke things off. And not every breakup's going to go smoothly. Uh, I know that in my past, I've had some that have gone great, and I've been able to maintain friendships, and some that uh, you know were not mutual and. I haven't been able to maintain friendships. But the important thing to realize is that, and I, I know I said this earlier in the show, is you don't get time back. And the more time you take of someone else's making them unhappy and the more time they take of yours making you unhappy, the bigger problems we're going to have. So I think for me, I mean, that's that's the key point. And I think we all will know when we've passed it, um, when you're used to spending time with your significant other and all of a sudden they've found this new passion or these new friends that are constantly dragging you away and you're seeing less and less of them. And obviously the intimacy has waned or you're feeling that way. Like, you know, I just don't want to sit on the couch and watch a uh, biggest loser anymore. I, I want to be out with my boys. Or how about the moments and maybe you touched on this, but when you're the
2: guy and she's kind of checking out of the relationship and she's going out and hang out with her friends and you're just kind of sitting there wondering like what the hell's going on. Um, that happened to me in one of my recent relationships. And finally I had to come to the table and just like, listen, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it like adults. It ended up being a very positive thing. But, you know, there are guys, unfortunately, where their girlfriends just are checking out and they're not communicating that with them. And so they're kind of just sitting down in the dark, twiddling their thumbs.
3: And that's, it's, you know, it's, it's now toxic. Get out. So, you know, I, and the best uh, route to that. This is to be straight up, be totally honest, state your case. If no one's willing to work any longer or it's apparent to everyone what's going on, that's it. It's
1: done. Well, the cleanest breakups allow the other person to state their case, right? I mean, this is really, this is a point of growth. And I, in my life, I don't encounter too many moments currently where people will actually have the balls to stand up and say, hey, this is where you're out of line. This is where you fucked up. This is where you screwed things up. So... In my breakups, I've sought out as much information as possible so that I can correct whatever patterns I may have. And some of the patterns I shared with you guys on this show came out of my most recent breakup. Uh, There was things that I was doing. There was a lack of intimacy that was going on that I wasn't paying attention to. uh, And because of that, I didn't see the red flags until we had way past them. And it was really messy. It was really devastating for both parties when it didn't have to be. And I think that's the key takeaway is that you are in control. You should be in control of your life, your happiness. And if you're not getting the most out of your life and your happiness, then you need to take steps to do so. And no matter how hard it may sound, you know, ripping that bandage off now is better than six months later, where now it's the same thing has happened, except now the breakup haze lasts another two or three months. And now you're wondering, well, why didn't we just end it the first time? Uh, and why can't I get those six months back?
3: You know, I think it's it's kind of like Hank Schrader sitting on the toilet at the end of the last season's Breaking Bad, where everything starts hitting him at once of all the mistakes or all how everything is right under his nose for how long, but didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's it's important that you take a strong, hard
1: look at where the relationship stands, you bring both parties to the table and as calmly as you can. And I know it's not always calm. I know, again, my most recent breakup was not calm. Johnny will attest to that. Uh, But you hear both sides, (laughs) (laughs) you hear both sides and you allow both sides to get it all out because that will at least allow things to heal in a much quicker way than not uh, giving all the information withholding things and making the other party really wonder and and or yourself wonder, you know, what if why uh, those are all questions that should be answered uh, at that point or as near to that point as possible, because that will allow you to move on. And as we'll talk about in the next episode, how to rebound from that relationship. All right, guys. I think we we hit all the the main points we wanted to cover. Hopefully, the guys that are in relationships are in healthy ones, and the guys that you know may not be in uh, healthy relationships have a game plan for getting out. And for all those guys who are on the fence, you know, think about what you want out of your relationship and take some time and thought before moving forward in anything like that. Uh, as we said, when it comes to relationships, she's going to be hitting the gas, so make sure you got control of the car and the brake. Nice way to put it. All right, guys, we'll catch you later.
0: All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Boot camp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this, but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us subscribe in iTunes and give us a five star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash the Art of Charm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week, go out there and get social, and leave everything better than you found it.